the show, Five Shark Fam. I'm AJ, and this is Michael. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. Welcome to another episode of Five Stripe Weekly, and yes, it is the offseason again, and the MLS Cup is upon us, but we are, of course, are not in it. But uh, yes, before we get too far uh, deep into a lot of uh, the news from this past week and a little bit of uh, MLS Cup preview, uh, let's thank our Patreon members, Gavin Marshall, Andrew Rewicki, Jordan Beck, Nal Faruqi, and Chris James. You guys are legends. Bravo to you. But uh, yes, everyone as well that is not part of the Patreon, uh, yes, definitely a lot of fun stuff uh, planned for the new season and the offseason where there will be transfer rumors galore. So definitely get involved and see how you can help us from a grassroots level. But uh, yeah, as well, we're on the road to 10K subs. So if you are new around here or you haven't subbed, uh, yeah. We've pretty much noticed that there are a lot of people that have not subscribed. You're watching, you're new. Well, go ahead and just hit that sub button. It's absolutely free. So, but yep, uh, let's get into those news then. And yes, welcome back, Shonda Silva. He is uh, now an official Atlanta United player on a permanent transfer. Yes, Spider Man has returned. And uh, yes, Atlanta United has exercised that transfer option on Silva and signed him to a contract through the 2025 and, uh, and with an option for the 2026 season. But uh, yes, uh, Silva had four goals and two assists in 13 appearances. That's 856 minutes in the regular season and in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely... Uh, it was rumored. It was uh, also, you know, something that I think a lot of people were hoping. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm happy uh, because it's going. It was reported by Doug that it's not going to be a DP level contract. Um, so that still keeps us uh, with an open DP slot to play with in regards to that. Um, I'm happy that we can still have something to look forward to in terms of DP signing going forward and also still having a capable winger in Sunday. So that's exciting. I'm happy he's still here. He's an exciting player <laughs> and he has injected a lot of energy into the team in the latter half of last season and I'm excited to see that continue into next season. Yeah, he's definitely a, uh, a vibes player for us, an energy guy and uh, seems to have uh, really helped that locker room a bit as well, where you know just his infectious energy has been able to uh, kind of ignite uh, the side in the latter half of the season. So definitely uh, on a non-DP contract, this is smart business, and uh, yeah, I think uh, we're I think solidifying that really good transfer window that we had in the uh, the summer transfer window, but. Yeah, Silva, you know, uh, obviously we saw what he was all about. Uh, very productive, uh, not only from a uh, goals and assists standpoint, but, uh, you know, from a point where he was really, I think, connecting some of our wing play and, you know, allowing us to actually look coherent in attack at times, especially from the wing, which uh, was 
sorely missing for a good bit of the first half of the season. So, yeah, Silva on a permanent transfer, great, great news. And, uh, yeah, can't wait to see, uh, you know, what he can really do in a full season with a preseason as well. Definitely looking forward to it. So, uh, But, yeah, Shonda Silva also said on his IG story, it's my home now with a pin and a red and black uh, circle emoji. And so, yeah, he knows. He knows that, uh, yeah, Atlanta, you know, it's uh, it's something that I think his vibe also matches Atlanta. Like, he, he's got that, uh, you know, it, it seems like, you know, English not only is a really good, uh, like, he's really good at it in terms of speaking English, but it's also something that's the culture of Atlanta seems to mesh well with what he's all about. So uh, definitely he's got that je ne sais quoi, you might say, yes. uh-huh. as he can speak French. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, he can speak a, a good number of languages, uh, apparently, anyway, because, yeah, he's Portuguese. And, yeah, when you're in Europe, you're, you're blessed with the ability to be able to uh, yeah, learn a lot of different languages and then use them. So that's the uh, that's usually the key, because uh, super hard to learn languages and then just have it lay dormant. But uh, yeah, next bit of news is Tiago Mata. He was speaking with ESPN Argentina, and he uh, was quoted as saying, "I want to go to Europe now. Yes, now in this upcoming transfer window, I want to go now." Uh, I would like any top league. If I have to choose, it's the Premier League or La Liga, but I would like any top league. And, I mean, it's not really news, except for the fact that he said now, but (laughs) it is uh, definitely, I think it's also this, ESPN Argentina and, you know, just any Argentinian uh, news outlet, they are a little bit, what's the word here? They will really kind of like spice up the uh, the questions that they they ask. They ask a lot of leading questions, and you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, the people that are on the show they will pretty much echo kind of what they're saying a little bit, especially players. So I wouldn't take it with too much heart. But how are you reading this? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of hyperbole. It's a lot of ostentatiousness, and it's fine. Like, you know, that's what they're known for um, with reporting in Argentina. And that's, that's so, yeah, exactly. Take it with a grain of salt. Understand the context. Um, but it, it, it did <laughs> strike me in a funny way when I first saw it because it reminded me of the Eric Andre meme where he's just like, let me in yeah, when exactly. he's talking about going to Europe. So, um, I mean, obviously he wants to. It was his goal. Um, and that obviously hasn't changed and that's perfectly fine it's what everyone has come to expect um with our big marquee signings they are going to end up in europe um and hopefully at a top tier team um like you know minimum champions league regular type team so um that's the goal that's always been the goal for these types of players and that's fine i mean it's expected um it is a little surprising that what comes at the end of this article is that Thiago and Lenny Knight apparently haven't gotten any offers for him. Um, so with that, that's like maybe a little frustration from Thiago, but 
at the same time he just has to have he just has to buy his time i think he'll be perfectly fine i think he's destined to go there and he will end up there he just has to maybe play another half a season with land united and solidify a mvp run maybe not make it the whole way because he might get out of here in january or something or not january but when um you know the first transfer in europe happens um so we'll see um we'll see where he goes from there but i'm not too opposed to having him for at least another half season because that will really really help us we've seen how key he's been to our team last season right yeah i mean of course uh, i think most fans would not be opposed to him uh staying longer than it's like, uh, oh shucks he used to stay exactly. here <laughs> it's like oh oh my god yeah pull up my arm uh but it is definitely i think though uh you know one of the biggest questions is if and when how much he goes for it's not like Atlanta united needs the money but it is a uh sense that okay you know the club that he goes to it will be important if they can afford him uh, and also if they will be high enough of a profile because it's this it's like we sold Miggy with a you know record transfer fee to the likes of a really massive club in Newcastle United who of course uh, kind of grew in stature uh, a little bit with not only their uh, takeover uh, with that nation state but also it's yeah I mean, you know it's <laughs> it's a big enough club that now they're playing in Champions League they have a shit ton of money it's uh yeah Almada you know I think he has to go to a Champions League club I think at this point to uh I think also make it for the optics for LA United for it to be worth it and you know for us to just sell him to some like you know if we're going like the George Bellow route that's that's a mistake <laughs> but yeah, for, yeah. you know but that's why it's got to be uh, a fairly high profile club or at least a team that's in the champions league so yeah and um our our good friends over at scarves and spikes interviewed andrew weeby recently and he was talking about uh you know it, it could be that we could sell them between the 22 and 25 million mark which is under what garth is expecting which is around 30 but we could see you know like a maybe not a champions league regular team but like you know we were talking about like a team like napoli or something um but you know the napoli of la liga or something i don't know real Betis, some some other team that sometimes broaches or talks about getting into the champions league sometimes doesn't and um that's still a whole high profile club still a good club but the key that andrew b was mentioning is the sign-on clause that like we could get a big bonus from him then going from that club then jumping to a premier league club mm -hmm. and then getting a large sign-on fee from that so yeah, that could also be a way mm -hmm. that could also be a way of going about it or it could be the outright premier league can afford 30 million or something but again they haven't come in yet so who's yep. to say exactly and uh yeah so that sell-on clause could be really really important uh, a lot of Argentinian clubs do that. Uh, of course, they've done that to us. And uh, yeah, it's, yeah, you know, in that respect, if, uh, you know, it's not this next club, maybe it's the, uh, the club that he eventually, you know, ends up at. But uh, yeah, you know, great points. Uh, and it's also very interesting. Almada, he mentioned uh, Gabriel Hainsey, our former coach, of course. 
that's uh, Hainsey wanted him in Atlanta, uh, but yeah, that's uh, he also cites him as the coach who taught me the most about the game on and off the pitch, which I mean makes sense. Uh, he was his coach at Velez Sarsfield, and it also uh, yeah, he's it was a seminal time for uh, Almada as well when. Uh, he was, you know, getting into the side. but uh, So that's no surprise. Uh, some people might take that as a slight to, uh, you know, Gonzalo Pineda or something like that. But, I mean, I, I think some people are maybe just reading too much into it. But, uh, but yeah, uh, let's move on from that to U.S. soccer news, which there is a plenty. And U.S. soccer has selected a site in Fayette County. Georgia for the future home of the National Training Center. And uh, yeah, this will directly impact each of U.S. Soccer's five strategic pillars. Uh, but yeah, this was made following a robust and competitive process after looking at nine different locations within the wider metro Atlanta area. And so it will be uh, at Trillith in Fayette County. And if you know anything about that, it's there's a big film studio there, as well as there's a huge community. It's uh, this kind of like, I wouldn't say bohemian, but it's like, uh, yeah, this little like self-sustaining community that's been built there. And uh, yeah, it's uh, going to cover more than 200 acres of land. And uh, not only that, the Coca-Cola company, they seem to be uh, kind of one of the parts that really kind of uh, made, it, made it I guess cross the cross over the line where it was like okay yeah this is gonna be the spot uh, because they're a founding partner for the National Training Center and they played an important role in U.S. Soccer's decision to bring that center to uh, this corporate uh, this corporate company's hometown so uh, yeah really amazing stuff uh, yeah I mean Atlanta uh, or Georgia more specifically is now the home of the National Training Center. What do you think? I mean, you know, it's going to be a little rough seeing how Coca-Cola is going to now replace water in terms of all of the fluids that United States players drink during games and training practices. Yeah. That might be difficult to deal with. But besides that, uh, I think it's a great thing for Georgia. Obviously, we have a bit of a vested interest in it being here. Um, yeah all eyes on us that's great we are getting more high profile games like copa america being a mercedes-benz things like that i mean i'm expecting to see more of it i mean it's gonna be the first time in my life i get to see the united states in atlanta so like that's awesome um being able to just hop in the car and drive to the training center like that's pretty cool you know a little bit south of the city but like i can still get there um you know and it's just having the Atlanta United training, you know, top of the line facility and the United States one, the synergy between those two is going to be big. Um, just soccer culture in general, it's going to be really, really uh, expansive here in Atlanta and in Georgia in general. Um, I think this is just the start. I mean, there's no way that this is where it starts and ends um, in terms of soccer development here in Atlanta and the South in general. I think we might start to see more things happen here. I don't know what shape or form that may take, but I would keep an eye on it. This is a hotbed. Things are seeded here, and I think we're going to see a lot of stuff start popping out of the soil. Indeed, yeah. 
great great points uh and uh most of all that uh yeah everyone's gonna just only be drinking coke yeah <laughs> uh no obviously tug and cheek uh yeah obviously coke has some other products that are water-based but uh in terms of as well though i mean it's like the the point about atlanta and just georgia like this not just stopping here i mean we're already a hub for a good number of things, not only the film community, but also, uh, you know, in terms of the airport, this is the biggest airport in the world. Which is probably the reason why it, yeah. they chose the southern part mm-hmm. of the city to do this, to put this thing there, um, instead of like, you know, up north or something. Right, exactly. That it's fairly close. It's not. It's not that close, but uh, it's fairly close to uh, to the airport. And uh, yeah, you know, obviously a bus ride will uh, will take them there. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's amazing. I think it's uh, you know something that's going to put uh, Georgia even further on the map. Where yeah, you know, the previous places uh, while they were good. For uh, the U.S. Men's National Team, I think, uh, you know, we have a really promising generation that will uh, need top-of-the-line everything. And, yeah, this is a great step in that direction. And as well, with the next bit of news, that Copa America 2024 will feature two matches at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which includes the opening match on June 20th with Argentina in a group stage match on June 27th uh, for the United States. And so, yeah, incredible stuff that, uh, yeah, the best. Hoping that's USA and Uruguay. That would be a really cool game to see. Exactly, because the draw also uh, was revealed uh, today, uh, which was uh, a Thursday for full transparency. December twenty, uh, December seventh, rather. I lost count of which day it was, but uh, yeah, basically though, uh, U.S. men's national team they drew Bolivia, Panama, and Uruguay. So, yeah, definitely a tough uh, assignment with Uruguay, but uh, yeah, the rest should be okay. Uh, yeah, maybe a banana peel, uh, but uh, hopefully not. But yeah, that would be really, really great. And yes, uh, we might see good old, uh, good old. His teeth are offside, uh, Luis Suarez. So uh, yeah, definitely will be a very, very spicy affair if uh, he does play. But do you have a USA jersey? Uh, no, I do not. But neither uh, do I. But I think yeah. we might have to get one. I think yeah you know we'll, we'll just share one you know we'll just uh that's right we'll buy a really large one and just uh you know uh parade around in it you know <laughs> i was thinking more of a timeshare but you yeah, could do that yeah. too <laughs> you know like uh like we're conjoined twins you know i think we'll just <laughs> yeah. do it that way it'll be uh it'll have to be probably a triple xl or something but yeah keep a lookout at the 27th game um for us in the the trench coat sized USA jersey. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, yeah, very tongue in cheek uh, this episode. But uh, yes, uh, moving on from that, uh, we've got uh, some some news that okay, we're gonna hedge our bets here. But uh, basically, Caleb Pongratz, who writes for uh, a fan sided site, uh, he tweeted that, uh, and it's a pro soccer. Uh, 
but he tweeted, I'm told from multiple sources that there will be four MLS DP slots per team in 2024. Of course, that's been rumored. Uh, yeah, we're going to hedge our bets here that, uh, yeah, you know, this uh, this source isn't the best, but, you know, we've, we've heard this. And four DPs, yeah, it's about time. Uh, it just makes sense at this point. You know? Right, exactly. With Messi changing, it's pretty much, it's Messi rules. And, uh, yeah, the league-wide uh, expansion of that, yeah, just, uh, it's logical. So, uh, if it does happen, I mean, it's going to be amazing who we might be able to bring in. Uh, would it be a goalkeeper? Would it be a central midfielder? Would it be, you know, but, uh, you know, obviously we've been harping that a central midfielder should be one of the first DP moves. But, man, you know, uh, Colorado Rapids had a rumor today uh, per The Athletic that... Uh, Zach Steffen, of course, of uh, Man City, is possibly rumored to be signing with the Rapids. And, uh, yeah, that's that's somebody that I think would be perfect for LA United. Someone that's good on the ball and also good in penalties. Uh, you know, completely what we need. <laughs> but, Where is he at now? He's at, like, Middleborough or something? I don't uh, know. Yeah, Middlesbrough. So it's... Yeah, it's annoying that, uh, you know, a player of his caliber is uh, coming back to MLS. That's a little bit tail between his legs a little bit. But, yeah, uh, yeah, with the whole discovery rights and all that, that's just... Uh, I mean, Man City's a tough team to be competitive on if you're not, like, yeah. the best in the world. <laughs> so oh, exactly. And you that's... know, I mean, that's kind of almost like a... Like, he probably was a little torpedoed by going to that club versus maybe going to a more middle of the pack club that he could have thrived at. But I don't know. That just, mm-hmm. that's, yeah, it is what it is. That's the tough part. I mean, uh, that could be a cautionary tale for Tiago Amada, but it is also easier as an outfield player to be able to do that, uh, to get more minutes than say a goalkeeper, which uh, yes, uh, Aaron Ramsdale of Arsenal definitely knows a lot about that, which, uh, yeah, there's my Arsenal reference for the episode. But anyway, uh, so uh, moving on from that, uh, Doug Roberson, he uh, tweeted out that it appears that next year's League's Cup between MLS and Liga and Mekis will start when Copa America ends. Uh, and he's uh, also pontificated that he's guessing that MLS plays concurrently with Copa, but again, pauses for League's Cup. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be a busy year of, of uh, football, soccer. It's, yeah, it's going to be fun, but it also will be very taxing on these players that, uh, you know, are going to be playing in all these matches. Because, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I don't know if we'll have too many of them, but... Uh, yeah, it will definitely be some of our players and most likely Thiago Amada. So, yep, if he uh, is still with the team, that might be the case. But you have any thoughts on this? Um, yeah, like I, like you said, it's going to be very congested. Um, it makes me kind of think that, you know, in addition to a fourth DP slot, that they raise the salary cap of each team as well in order to pay the players overall just a little bit more to compensate 
for the extra amount of games they'll be required to play um so that's something that can alleviate that a little bit obviously being in better physical shape to handle an extra load like that is going to be some players just can't do that that there's a lot of talk about how that's just not player focused or player centralized um you know in terms of worrying about their needs and their and concerns that they have about their fitnesses so like it's 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 worrying a bit in terms of will player will we see more injuries and things like that but you know i i i just hope that they end up paying them more and that lets them sleep a little bit better at night knowing yeah i gotta play more and yeah i might get more injuries but at least i'm making more money now right and there is with league's cup uh and any of the competitions uh yeah you know there's prize money and so you know the further you get into the competition you get a little bit more uh as a bonus uh, and yeah, uh, Mike and I definitely know all about, uh, you know, lack of fitness and, uh, yeah, <laughs> we've been, we've been doing, uh, a kind of collective workout and, uh, yeah, who even just running a mile and a half is kicking my butt at least. And <laughs> it's timed just so you know, just, uh, for the viewers, but, uh, it is, I'm woefully out of shape, and so it's a lot. It's a lot. Also, start starting to get back into things. Exactly. The 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 initial hurdle of yes. first couple times getting out there is just tough, but once you get by it, it can kind of snowball a little bit and feel a little bit better. Exactly. Yeah. And also, pro tip: don't eat a heavy lunch, aka don't eat curry right before you run. But <laughs> anyway. Uh, Next up is that Joseph Martinez, he posted on IG, he said, quote, uh, I am very happy and proud to have received the, quote, key to Seca Sports School, uh, unquote, highest distinction of the institution. It was an exciting and loving afternoon among hung hundreds of children and families, which also served as the perfect setting to present my, quote, Joseph Martinez Foundation, whose purpose is to support grassroots and training football in Venezuela. I'm also very grateful that the Seca Sports Escuela is the operational headquarters of my foundation, a space that for more than a decade has been the cradle of exceptional players and people in my beloved Carabobo state. I am a close, with, close witness of the enormous effort of its managers and workers to maintain high standards of competitiveness and values through sports and education but uh yeah awesome stuff uh from joseph martinez it's yeah i mean he may not be an Atlanta united player anymore but uh this is fantastic to see that he's giving back to his home country which has been very much uh it's a tumultuous time in that uh in that country right now and this is some very i guess what's the for lack of a better word uh yeah it's just incredibly positive stuff that yeah you know joseph martinez just uh you know just a community guy I and mean, just really great to see but any thoughts here yeah you you love to see people giving back you know to where they came from things like that um Good people doing good things. Yeah, love it, love it. Well, uh, yes, you may have realized that there is a uh, season-ending competition 
if you care, but uh, <laughs> a lot of uh, LA United fans maybe have checked out. But there is an MLS Cup final that uh, is being played on Saturday between LAFC and Columbus Crew. Of course, the Columbus Crew knocked us out in the first round. But uh, yeah, they will be playing at lower.com field. And yes, uh, you know, the crew, they beat the Supporter Shield winners along the way, FC Cincy and the Hell is Real Derby. And uh, yeah, I mean, Wolford Nancy's men, he, uh, yeah, they, they are a tough customer. But uh, on the other side, LAFC, they won the MLS Cup last year. And if LAFC can win, they will be the first side uh, since the LA Galaxy in 2011 and 2012 to win the competition on consecutive seasons. So, uh, yeah, you know, some people might be rooting against them to do that. I personally will be because, yes, uh, to... It's just one of these things. LA United, we have to try to be the best expansion side ever. And, yeah, you know, having LAFC do that, that's just not... That's just not in the cards. We can't can't allow them to do that. But <laughs> uh, so Columbus Crew also, if they win, makes us look better. So you know, I think there's a lot of positives in uh, seeing Columbus Crew win. Also, as well, if a uh, Julian Gressel and Darlington Nagby, uh, if they lift the trophy, I'm okay with that. But yeah, who who and what and other thoughts do you have on this? Yeah, I mean, this is kind of like a question, like kind of how we like to do a. You know a question for everyone at the end of the episode it's like um does it does it make you feel a little bit better that we could if columbus wins we will have lost to the would-be champions um does it make you feel a little bit better about what we went through the fact that every team would have lost against columbus had they played against them um i mean i feel like that makes me feel a little bit better in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter, but it's like at least, I mean, it's, it's, and that was, you know, I remember we were listening to uh, Jason Longshore and um, Kevin Egan on his podcast re, uh, uh, last, sometime earlier this week, where he was talking about how, um, you know, this, this is a team uh, in Columbus that is a team that you don't want to be paired up against in the tournament especially first round this is the nightmare team and of course that's who we get um so like it is what it is we got them and we lost and they probably are just gonna i hate that when that happens to my teams you go up against it because it's like you could have enjoyed a a satisfying slightly successful deep run into the playoffs had you just avoided the buzzsaw team from the beginning but no you had to get knocked out immediately because you got thrown right into the lion's den right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, it's very much that. And it's also this, uh, the Columbus crew, they enter this match unbeaten in 14 successive MLS uh, encounters at lower.com field. And uh, yeah, they've only lost once there all year, 2-1 versus Inter-Miami. And that's against Messi. So, you know, <laughs> if you're a betting man, I, you know, I'd probably put some uh, some bets on this and, uh, you know, kind of steer it towards the crew. But, uh, you know, 
anybody that uh, likes to bet against the underdog, LAFC, that's a pretty hefty underdog, too, I would say, too. So, man, you know, that's a, that's a tough call. But, uh, yeah, very curious uh, to what you guys think. But, um, yeah, also, speaking of LAFC, they've been fined $100,000. And uh, their supporters group, 3252, uh, their privileges, they have been suspended uh, pending an investigation by MLS due to allegations of serious misconduct uh, that the league announced on Wednesday night uh, because they set off some flares not authorized by MLS. And, uh, yeah, it was something that delayed the game. And also uh, for the next match, they will have uh, their privileges restricted. And the fans could face other sanctions next season after the league completes its investigation. But uh, yeah, not Atlanta United related, but definitely very interesting because yeah, you know, have you have a lot of people that want flares set off at Atlanta United uh, in the bends uh, at matches there. But yeah, you know, it's uh, it's one of those. It's not sanctioned for a reason because it can disrupt the the match, which. You know, uh, not uh, not unbeknownst at an Argentinian match or a Brazilian match for sure, but uh, yeah, definitely is something that's yeah okay. It could add to the atmosphere, but you know, if it delays, it could really kind of crush a vibe too. But uh, yeah, what what are your thoughts on this? It's regulated in Europe and elsewhere just regulate it here, allow them to do it under the parameters that are safe, and then don't also delay the game. It's just that simple. Um, allow them to have their fun, just do it in a responsible way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I know our mantra is uh, rowdy and proud, but uh, yeah, it is, uh, <laughs> I guess, yeah, we have to temper our rowdiness just a little bit, so... <laughs> But uh, that is the news, and that gets us to the mailbag, and you guys send in these questions through IG Story. Please continue to do so, and we might answer your question in the future. But first question, uh, it comes from, and this is tough, man. <laughs> like, this is putting you on the spot 100%, I know. Uh, but A12 Hernandez asks, best goalkeeper we can sign for next season. God damn it, A12 Hernandez. Yeah. <laughs> Super tough. Uh, I mean. Uh, Zach Steffen, sure. Yeah, right. This is the tough part about, like, MLS is that you really, you don't really know the level of player that each team is really going to go for. And uh, that means we're plucking <laughs> players from League De, or we're, you know, it's just... It's stuff like that that no one's like we're we're not scouts, we're not we're not uh, you know uh, prospecting you know various like very obscure leagues that there's not even television on, like it's just yeah something. If that's... you want us to, <laughs> yeah. we have a Patreon. Yeah, exactly. And you can subscribe, and then we can put out <laughs> that time and money and effort. Yeah. Or it's doing that for you. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, you know, definitely something that's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would love to do this as a uh, full-time job. Yes, so, yeah, you know, 
help a brother out but uh yeah another goalie like Ethan Orvath would be cool you know having like I mean keeping in the United States camp of things um you know obviously I would love Matt Turner because he's my favorite goalkeeper but not gonna happen so probably not but he is falling out of favor at Nottingham Forest so you know I I wouldn't mind him um yeah, definitely. Oh, definitely wouldn't mind him, of course. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> he would be. He would command DP money at this at this stage. Yeah, probably would. But yeah, a really great shot stopper, and yeah, you know, probably somebody that can stop a penalty. So, you know, uh, anyway, <laughs> no slight whatsoever, just facts. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, next question comes from Ali underscore HH with uh, three, four, four E's. Uh, why is Pineda still our coach? Why is Pineda still our coach? Yeah. Um, so last week we kind of talked about it a little bit in that we, we talked, we described the leash length in which Garth has given Pineda and Carlos for that matter. Um, and they allowed Pineda and Carlos to kind of course correct on their own since Garth got here. And I believe up to their, up to his standards, they have in his mind whether or not you agree with that you know is an entirely different thing but what matters is what garf thinks and if garf thinks they of course corrected and he sees potential in what they want to build here in terms of their project um he wants to keep him around and if he thinks that then i'm okay with it because i think garth is a heck of a lot smarter than me when it comes to this stuff um so if he says i see potential i want to keep pineda around then i think we should at least give him as long as Garth thinks we should. Um, I don't think Garth will have any problem whatsoever letting him go if he is not the guy. So we'll give him a little bit longer. I will want to say the leash probably looks like uh, another half season. If Pineda is doing god awful, then I think it's probably the end of the road. Uh, I just cannot see that happening. With what we've seen with Pineda's tactics, his strategy, it's enough to get the job done in terms of getting into the playoffs and being a competitive team with the the uh, the latter half of last season's team that we currently have. It, that's enough to get the job done to be competitive again. Um, and that's really what they're aiming for. And we're only going to strengthen that coming into next season pretty significantly, I wager. Um, and I think you're going to see a pretty beastly team coming into 2024, hopefully. And so Pineda might end up starting to look pretty good um but it, you know again and this is something i was talking about a lot of people are talking about i don't think our performance was necessarily based on like a large percentage of pineda's tactics or strategy i think it was largely having to do with our personnel now that we have better personnel we are playing better what a surprise so i think if we continue to have better personnel i almost think it doesn't matter as much with the strategy and tactics because pineda i think is using a fairly you know milk toast strategy and and tactics set it's not like this is revolutionary. It's not like it's, you know, um, overly cautious or underly cautious. I think it's just kind of, this is a standard way to play soccer in the modern game. And most teams, most players can adapt and learn how to play it and do this system. It's not like it's some crazy, you know, um, like, you know, uncommon strategy or something like this. So, you know, I think that that's why Pineda is going to stick around a little bit longer. Um, we're going to have better personnel. Pineda is going to look better uh, if we do well, which I like, I fully expect we will. Um, so, yeah, I, and I think if you 
if you think anything other than that when it comes to Pineda, I I'm not quite sure um, what basis you have for that. Uh, I'd be interested to hear it. Um, like, again, the, he had no midfield. Pineda had no midfield. How the heck are you going to tactics and strategy when you have no midfield? I, I that And now he has one, and all of a sudden we're doing well. So, you know, riddle me that. Yeah, and it's great points. Uh, I think... Uh, maybe as a counterpoint, uh, seeing kind of the, I guess, discussion across the interwebs is that basically, you know, the playoff, the playoff series didn't cover him in glory, probably. Uh, it's and... the best team in the league. Like, mm -hmm. they're going to win MLS Cup. Like, it's, again, it's and we beat, we are the only team to have beaten Columbus in the playoffs. And obviously, yeah, it is a three-game series, and so yeah, you know, at home, yeah, we Cincinnati could not beat Columbus in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. That says a lot. Mm -hmm. And so it is it is definitely yeah, like one of those things where, at our full strength with Almada on the pitch, uh, at the bends, yeah, we were able to do a number on them. Uh, the 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 issue was obviously that uh, that first match, and then of course the third match. Uh, the third match. I think it was a little bit more expected, but the the tactics of the first matches, I think, what rubbed some people the wrong way on Pineda, uh, that even further, more abrasion, more, uh, I guess, uneasiness. I mean, maybe. it's like, it's like, what do you expect? Like, it, it, in terms of what he did, which he played more defensively, right? And tried to hit them on the counter, which is, which is what the wisdom of like any soccer coach or strategy will tell you to do that in that case like that's like strategy 101 um it's it's not you know play your game and they know exactly how to dismantle that and they're in their house and if they hurt you early and then they can just run away with it which they did it's exactly what happened so it's like i don't know i don't know what i don't like Either way, you're that. not winning that game, so I don't know exactly what you want, you know? Right. And it was individual errors that led to our first goal because it was Miles Robinson who kind of carelessly uh, passed it to a former teammate in Darlington Nagby who scored the first and, goal. Well, it also started with another error of of, uh, of Saba not letting it go out of bounds, yes, too. Exactly. Like exactly. It, and, it, and, and this is not exactly... I mean, it's errors, but it's not... It's not accidental errors. Mm -hmm. Columbus has a incredibly good press mm -hmm. and it suffocated our defense, which we attempted to play out the back. And this is how you get hurt when you play out the back. Yeah. And so, you know, Columbus is an excellent team at executing teams <laughs> in that strategy. So mm -hmm. that's what happened. Exactly. So, you know, uh, it's it's definitely it's it's sound arguments. It's one of those things where Gonzalo Pineda... Any, yeah. Anyway, come at me. I'm just saying. Just come at me. <laughs> yeah, Find me on Twitter. Let's go. Right, exactly. It's uh, MW underscore ATL UTD Fan TV. So, you know, find him. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of similar question, but I think I like the uh, the second part of this is uh, Ivan underscore Elias4. He asks, is Pineda's time up in Atlanta, and why can't we get top players from Europe like Miami? So, obviously, we talked about Pineda already, but the oh, and top also, players... Ali, I, I, that wasn't directed at you, by the way. Just <laughs> That was just generally people, not, not specifically you. Right. But, uh, yeah, in terms of getting top players from Europe 
like Miami. I mean, obviously, there's only one Messi, uh, and there's only one Ronaldo, and he's in Saudi Arabia. But, uh, yeah, in terms of, yeah, maybe the other top players, maybe not world-class legendary players, uh, yeah, you know, there's the likes of, say, uh, an Antoine Griezmann, uh, you know, maybe a Olivier Giroud or, you know, other players that are nearing the end uh, of their careers that, yes, uh, the whole retirement league thing, uh, Luis Suarez, I mean, it's just one of those, it's never been our MO, so right. I'm just not sure why we would do that now. When I mean, the, the question was, can we? And yes, we can. Yeah. We absolutely can. It's will we is the question. And again, like JJ said, it's not our MO to do so. Um, I, but you know, Garth has talked about, bandied about the concept of going away from that to a degree, not fully. Um, I think, you know, MLS still favors a team investing in young talent with like their young DP stuff and other things. So um, I don't think it's going away entirely, but I think there's going to be some movement away from it. And so I think we will see. Um, and in, I mean, Yorgos is a perfect example of the type of player he wants to bring on. So I think we'll see a little bit more of that. Mm -hmm. And obviously, yeah, you know, uh, Lionel Messi, he tore up League's Cup. And obviously next season, it will be a different story with him being able to play an entire season. But you see the likes of a Denny Buanga and Cucho Hernandez who have, they're, they're not international superstars, but they're both the best players on their team and playing well okay well Kucho Hernandez maybe has a shout from Darlington Nagby but uh yeah in terms of uh D Denny Buanga for sure uh you know LAFC's best player and that's the thing it's like Denny Buanga he came from League League Duh as well so I it's... know yeah the mining <laughs> of that that league is is incredible right now yeah and so that's the the madness of it is that okay yes well you know obviously if you pick up a uh a bench player on a Premier League team or, you know, a La Liga team or something like that. Yeah, clearly you will uh, probably have maybe a, a lot uh, a lot more talented of a player. Uh, I think bets are that that would be the case. But, yeah, you know, it's just not really the MLS MO at the moment and never has been ours. And, okay, yeah, if we do fantastic <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure la galaxy is gonna go big i mean chicharito's leaving so they're gonna go i'm yeah. i'm sure they're gonna splash like crazy right exactly and that's definitely their mo they're the like ogs of that mo and uh yeah i mean you know the other teams as well okay yeah you've seen lafc kind of do that with uh, gareth bale but you know it's uh that he he's pretty much a bench player on uh on LAFC, so it's just one of these like it, it hasn't really been proven to be that effective lately. Uh, yeah, you see the likes of Jordan Curie at Chicago Fire, who's doing jack shit. So yeah, you know it's not exactly. Zlatan was fun when he was here. Exactly, Zlatan, 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 and you know there's only again so many of those. I mean, and this is the thing, man. Like we we've got our own Saba, you know. Yeah. So, that's right. You know, not uh, not Saba, of course, uh, with uh, with Wrexham and uh, you know Ted Lasso, but uh, you know Saba is uh, is a very good player, but is not internationally known, of course. But um, but you know, I'm 
I'm very curious if, uh, you know, uh, Saba Lapsenice chose his name uh, on the back of the shirt like that because of, you know, some influences. Curious. But, uh, I feel like he's a smart guy. Um, could yeah. be. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, he loves NBA. Like, he, I'm sure, is looking at American things and, yeah, uh, you know, definitely influenced by them. But, um, yeah, I think uh, that's that's all the questions for this week. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much uh, the episode except for the question of the day. And the question of the day is, very simply, who's winning MLS Cup? So let us know in the comments below what you think. Did it break your bracket? Probably did for some people. Unfortunately, it did not mind. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's very unfortunate because obviously, yeah, the the Homer pick and then the 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 mind pick is definitely different. And the galaxy brain pick, yeah, exactly. And uh, right now, that uh, that might be looking pretty good for some people uh, if you're in our Discord. But uh, but yep, yeah, let us know in the comments below. Looking forward to what you have to say. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. And for Michael, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening. Oh, oh, oh.